Welcome to another edition of the official Jets podcast powered by Amazon Web Services. The opponent preview series, taking a look at the Las Vegas Raiders, Ethan Greenberg, Eric Allen. We caught up with JT the Brick, who does a plethora of things for the Raiders, most notably the pre and post game. And EA, this was a game last season where the Raiders came to MetLife week 12. Now they're coming in week 13. But this was one of the most dominant performances that the Jets had in all of 2019. I think the Raiders were feeling themselves at that point. They were feeling pretty good, no doubt about it. And they were on uh, quite a stretch of quality football, but the Jets just handed it to them. And at one point during that blowout victory, John Gruden waved the white towel. He got Derek Carr out of that ball game, and the green and white had a runaway. As far as the schedule is this year, though, Interesting spot on the schedule for the green and white though this year, because they'll be coming off three consecutive AFC East games. They got that Monday night game against the Patriots followed by a matchup with the Dolphins six days later. And then following a bye, they face the Miami Dolphins and that precedes this game against the Raiders. But last year, yeah, it was a one-sided affair from the get. And this Raiders team has had a lot of upgrades, most notably on the offensive side of the ball, especially when you think of the draft. Most notably, Henry Ruggs III, the speedster out of Alabama. Most people thought maybe it's Jerry Judy, maybe it's CeeDee Lamb, the first receiver off the board. Well, okay, instead, it's the speedster, almost like a page out of Al Davis's book, bringing him to the silver and black. Yeah, and then they came back with Brian Edwards later, and they have a very good set of tight ends. I was actually quite surprised that they picked up Jason Witten in the offseason because you have Waller there, who was so productive last season. They added Moreau to the mix. And then you have Josh Jacobs, who had a stellar rookie season. The line comes back intact. So one of the big question marks, I think, for them offensively was, What are you going to do at receiver? And they think they have some pieces in place. I kind of look at the other side of the football and say, they address the defensive side, no doubt about it, in the offseason through free agency. How much better are they going to be? Because you got to score points in this league, no doubt about that. But you got to stop people too. And they're in a very difficult division that features the Kansas City Chiefs, now the Super Bowl winning and defending Kansas City Chiefs. And, of course, the Los Angeles Chargers have a lot of talent, questions at the quarterback position there, and the Denver Broncos seem to be on the rise as well. But it's a it's a weird division, I think, outside of the Kansas City Chiefs in that this is an open division, I think, and I think a lot of question marks surround the Raiders, the Chargers, and the Broncos. And who knows, this could be up for the Raiders to take at least – Second place, you know, I would assume the Chiefs would end up winning that division as well. But let's hear from JT the Brick to hear his thoughts on the now Las Vegas Raiders. These two teams met last season. The Jets dominated that game. What do you anticipate this matchup in 2020 to be like? Well, the Raiders are hoping for a much better outcome in that game. That was just one of the worst Raider performances of the year. And it came out a time where the Raiders really were optimistic about where they were in the season and we're looking to build momentum. So that was probably one of the biggest losses of last season that stung the organization so hard because it was unexpected. 
the Raiders thought they matched up well and they just didn't have anything in that game. And it was disappointing because the Raiders always had a vision, especially after the London game at various points of the season where they got hot and they were playing well, that they were going to make a wild card run in the division against Kansas City and the wheels came off in that game. What can you tell us about some of the Raiders offseason upgrades on the defensive side of the ball? Because I know they're trying to shore some things up over there. The Raiders had a fantastic offseason in total. And I've been with the Raiders over 21 seasons. This is my 22nd season. And this was one of the most unique offseasons I've ever seen. Because in the draft, I thought they were going to go all defense. And they loaded up on the offense because they were productive on the defensive side, bringing in Heath, the safety, Carl Nassib. They brought in two linebackers with Nick Witkowski and obviously Corey Littleton, which has been really the demise of the Raiders lately as they haven't had enough playmakers on the defensive side of the ball. Max Crosby had an unbelievable rookie season. Cleland Farrell is having an unbelievable offseason, getting bigger and better. Jonathan Abram, their star safety of the future only played one half of the first game against Denver. So they're getting a top pick back for his first year this year, an additional first round pick. And the defense just feels like it's going to be much more productive, a much better in space, a much better tackling defense. And Paul Gunther, the defensive coordinator, finally now has more playmakers and especially depth. They have depth now on the defensive line to bring a rotation after all these quarterbacks are going to face, including Sam Darnold. Keeping things on the defensive side of the ball, if you are Sam Darnold, Adam Gase, and this offense, where do you go about attacking the Raiders' defense? Well, I think everybody's going to attack the Raider defense more in the passing game than the running game if you just look at the stats over the last couple of years. But the Raiders brought in... Prince of Makamura. Uh, they drafted a first round cornerback out of Ohio State, Damon Arnett. They're trying to upgrade that defensive secondary, and they brought in playmakers on the defensive side. So, you know, just knowing Adam Gaze and what we could see with Sam Darnold, I expect them to try to throw. But the Raiders' pass rush, I think, will do a better job in this matchup because they can throw two different waves of defensive tackles two different waves of defensive ends. And now they have two new linebackers who are ball hawks. And Corey Littleton played for the Rams in the Super Bowl. He is an outstanding sideline to sideline linebacker. The Raiders haven't had a linebacker who could make, make big plays since Greg Beekert going back that far. So I think the, you're going to see a vast defensive improvement but, guys, I'll tell you, the strength of the Raiders now is offense. Mm -hmm. Now what the Raiders did on offense, what they're trying to do is keep the Jets on the sideline. And they're trying to expose teams with what I think is a brilliant offense coming forward. John Gruden has got some weapons going forward that should take the pressure off the defense, which is on the field traditionally too long. All right, so – Brilliant segue by JT the Brick, of course. Derek Carr completed 70% of his passes last year for more than 4,000 yards. Obviously, he struggled against the Jets last season. One game does not make a season. What's next for him in this offense and some of the pieces they have there? Most notably in the draft, I see they addressed 
the wide receiver position, getting Henry Ruggs Jr., a guy who can absolutely fly. And then an underrated value pick, I think, they came back later with South Carolina stud, Brian Edwards. Yeah, you nailed it right there. And Lynn Bowden and what they have, the, the depth that they have with Josh Jacobs at running back and what they want to do, quite simply this, there is no excuse None for this Raider offense. It is absolutely loaded. They got one of the best athletic tight ends in football and Darren Waller, who they signed. They brought in Jason Witten, Foster Moreau, another tight end. I think they got one of the best tight end rooms in the NFL. Bringing in Nelson Aguilar, Tyrell Williams, who is probably one of the better number two wide receivers, can go back to that. They have a player now in Hunter Renfro, with the Jets are very familiar with, going up against the principles of the Patriots offense with Wes Welker, Amendola, and Edelman, and that slot wide receiver, Hunter Renfro, the Raiders think is a home run going forward. But Henry Ruggs III is the piece, guys, that you have to keep an eye on because now the Raiders have a pure threat, a wide receiver who's going to be one of the fastest players in the league as a rookie, battle-tested at Alabama, tough, And the Raiders took him over Jerry Judy and CeeDee Lamb for a reason. Uh, No disrespect to the Jets, but the Raiders were looking for an option player to match up with Kansas City. Playing Kansas City in the AFC West, they need a player who is Tyreek Hill. And they went out and got that guy that they can put in motion, line him up in the slot, line him up wide. He's going to touch the ball in the backfield at the line of scrimmage. So for John Gruden, He has so many weapons now in a power running game with a fullback in Alec Ingold and a running back with Josh Jacobs, who if he didn't get injured for a few games last year, probably would have ran for 1,500 yards. Now the question is, what can Gruden do with this? And for Derek Carr, he's got to play at an elite, elite Pro Bowl level. He can't have a good season. He's got Marcus Mariota right behind him. And by the time the Jet game comes along on the schedule, you'll know a lot about this conversation with Carr. He's got to be more explosive downfield, and he's got to play at a Pro Bowl level for the Raiders to make the playoffs. Just expanding off of what you just said, can you elaborate what you meant by that, by Derek Carr needs to be a little more explosive? I guess what's the general vibe from Raiders fans about their quarterback, Derek Carr? I spoke to a coach today who compared Derek Carr's mind with Drew Brees. Derek Carr knows everything of this offense. Now with John Gruden in his third year. Okay. The Carr is tough. He's got to be a little bit better. He's got to move the chains on third down. He's got to attack more down the field. He threw for 70%. As you guys know, he throws for 4,000 yards. Those are good numbers. But when you play in a division with Patrick Mahomes, when you have third and 16, third and 12, Derek's going to have to be able to make more plays outside the pocket. He's going to have to make better decisions downfield and attack more. And I believe he can make every throw. He's proven that. He had a great season in 2016 before he broke his ankle in what would have been an unbelievable opportunity for him to play in the playoffs, even though he helped the Raiders get to the playoffs. And now Carr in this offense is going to have to take it to the next step. He's got to step up in the pocket and let the play develop. Instead of seven to 10 yards, let it develop from 17 to 25 yards and just make a couple of bigger plays in each game. And he's in the absolute prime of his career. 
He's been paid a boatload of money. He's the franchise quarterback and made it all the way to Vegas, where everybody from New York sports writers, from NFL Network, everybody questioned if Gruden would bring Carr back, and he is back. Now he's got to play like a world championship quarterback because this year, not only going up against Sam Darnold, think of that. The Raiders have four games at home in prime time. They play Phillip Rivers at home. They play Drew Brees. They play the great Tom Brady coming in from Tampa Bay. Patrick Mahomes twice. Uh, Josh Allen comes in with Buffalo. This Raiders schedule is an absolute beast. And they open up against Carolina on the road. If they can win that game against the team that lost their starting quarterback, breaking in a new coach and a new quarterback, they'll open up a Legion Stadium in Vegas, the new Death Star of the Raider Nation with Drew Brees on Monday Night Football and hopefully build some momentum. JT, were the Raiders ahead of schedule last year? I know nobody will say that internally, but like you were talking about, about mid-season there, past the midway point, we are talking about the Raiders as a potential playoff team, whereas now what do you think of John Gruden and where he's at and what he's been able to implement in his first couple of years? And does it have more of a feel like this is Gruden's team now in 2020? Absolutely. Great question. This is completely Gruden's team with Mike Mayock. And Mike Mayock makes big decisions. And he checks John Gruden and John Gruden checks him. Uh, no disrespect to Jack Del Rio and Reggie McKenzie and other coaches and general managers of the past. But these guys are a well-oiled machine. And when we got back from London and the Raiders beat Indianapolis in Indy and Khalil Mack and the Bears in London back-to-back, the Raiders were a playoff team. They had the ability to play well down the stretch. And we go back to that jet loss and a couple of the losses that derailed the season. They lost to Jacksonville in their last game in Oakland last year. All rest assured, this is the best roster that the Raiders have had in a long time. I think up to a decade ago, they're one draft away, one free agent class away, I think from having one of the super elite teams in the NFL, because I don't think they'll have a weakness at any position on the team. But John Gruden wanted to tear down this roster and build it with players that he wanted to represent the Raiders leaving Oakland and coming to Las Vegas. And this is a work in progress, but they're a playoff team. They have playoff talent, and the Raider Nation would be very disappointed if the Raiders didn't make their playoffs to make the playoffs this year in their first year at Allegiant Stadium. As someone who's been connected to the silver and black for so long, what do you think about the Raiders in Vegas? And what kind of reception have they gotten so far? As I got to imagine, anticipation is really building out there. It's the perfect fit. I mean, I go back a long way with the Raiders and the Raiders never wanted to leave Oakland. That was never the plan, but politically it's the worst political sports city in America. They couldn't come to terms on any type of agreement. The backstory with the Oakland A's is well-documented on their lease. And the Raiders had an option, as you guys know, to go to Los Angeles and to go to Carson. And the best thing that could ever happen to the Raiders is Mark Davis came in third place that day to the Rams and the Chargers. And they ended up having to go back to the Bay Area. And Mark Davis took the high road. And then a plan came together 
which is one of the most unique sports plans I've ever seen. The former governor of Nevada putting together a deal with Sheldon Adelson, initially a massive casino magnet to bring the Raiders here to get you know $700 million in a hotel tax where tourists would help pay build the stadium. The city loves the Raiders because this is different, guys. Oakland, nothing will ever replace the history in Oakland and the great history in L.A., but the Raiders always needed their own stadium. They didn't want to share a stadium anymore with the Oakland A's. And this will now be a global hub for the Raider Nation in the Southwest, where fans from Arizona and New Mexico, a massive army of Raider fans from Los Angeles, the Oakland fans who are really bitter about it, are starting to see what's happening in Vegas and loving the stadium and the new facility. And then fans internationally, where the Raiders have a global brand, will be able to come to Las Vegas. I mean, if it's not New York, where would you rather be with your buddies on a road trip to see a football game than Las Vegas? That's why, you know, we're really excited about this because it's a home run. The stadium's perfect. The fan base is energized. The Golden Knights helped with that with hockey going to the Stanley Cup their first year. And there are high expectations in the state of Nevada for the Las Vegas Raiders. EA, I thought it was very interesting what JT was saying that the Raiders defense is really their offense and that they want to have that offense on the field as much as possible. And John Gruden has now basically planted and rooted his offense there with Derek Carr and now the new pieces around him. But if you're the Jets, how do you go about stopping this group that has a very good offensive line, even though the Jets probably caught them on a bad day at MetLife last year, a talented running back, and a very intriguing supporting cast around Carr? Well, if you get a lead on them, that's what the Jets did last year. I thought uh, Carr looked a bit confused at times because he didn't know where the pressure was coming from, and the Jets were just on their game. and. The trademark of any West Coast offense is getting the ball out of the quarterback's hands quickly. Uh, It's an interesting fit, Ruggs, because they see him as not just as a vertical threat, but as a kind of a hybrid, and you just got to get the ball in his hands. And JT mentioned Tyreek Hill. So that makes sense from that aspect. But where Derek Carr struggled last season was getting the ball down the field. Now they have some receivers who can really get down the field. Tyrell Williams, if he's healthy and rugs can fly, uh, they added Aguilar in free agency. So um, to me, you have to tackle very well against a West Coast offense. You got to get your hands up at the line of scrimmage. And What the Raiders do, they're not a typical, okay, we're just going to pass the ball. We're a finesse offense because Josh Jacobs brings that physicality to the game. So I think you got to make sure you take care of him first as far as offensively. And then get after Carr, hopefully play with the lead. Because last year when the Jets were playing with the lead, they were dictating things on nerd terms. And it was just a long day at the office for Carr and company. That it was very much so. And on the defensive side of the ball last season, Sam Darnold and the Jets had success through the air. And I I think it was the first play from scrimmage where Sam Darnold threw a pass out wide to Le'Veon Bell, who came down with a remarkable one-handed catch. And then, of course, Braxton Berrios had that 
long catch and run and he got shoved out of bounds on like the two yard line or something like that. So do you think that this game, the Jets should also look to attack the Raiders defense in the air? Oh yeah. But I mean, I would obviously make them play the run as well. You look at the Raiders across the board, their numbers were not good defensively last year JT's talking about that offense holding on to the football and keeping that defense on the sideline and what the Raiders really need this year on paper they need a big year immediately out of a couple former Rams and Corey Littleton who plays a linebacker position and of course LaMarcus Joyner as well uh, I, I think it, this is uh, a defense that you can challenge on a lot of levels to be honest with you and I like it that the Raiders are going to have to come to the East Coast again for the second consecutive season. And it's a little bit later in the year. So we'll have to see how many cold weather games they have on their schedule. But that's never easy for a team playing out West in a nice climate to come out East later in the year. All right, well, there you have it. The official Jets podcast powered by Amazon Web Services, the opponent preview series. Talking about the Las Vegas Raiders and next up, E and I go out west to the Seattle Seahawks.